Guys, I'm so excited that you're with us this morning. Um, we are going to be in the Word of God. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, um, I, I, I've got one in the pew racks in front of you you can borrow, uh, but we would love for you to bring your Bibles when you come. Uh, this, is, this is Bible study. It's hard to study the Bible if you don't have one, and so I'm one of those pastors. I, I think you should always have a hard copy of the Bible with you. I know we live in a digital age. Um, it's a lot harder to mark up your digital Bible. Right? It, it's a lot harder to do that. And so I like a physical copy because sometimes uh, the word of God is, is, is spoken over us and, and we go, man, that's something I need to highlight that verse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight that. And I'm going to write in my margin. And, and uh, that's what your Bible's there for. And so it's okay to do those things. I want to encourage you to have it. Um, if you do, uh, or if you want to grab one in front of you, we're in Matthew chapter 22 today. We're going to cover the first 14 verses as we kind of wind down our summer sermon series over the kingdom of God. And we've learned a ton about this kingdom this morning. We've been uh, spent the last few weeks looking at some of the parables of the kingdom and what they teach us about God. And and, and we've got a big one this morning uh, that Jesus tells, and it's called the parable of the wedding feast. And it has a whole lot to do about heaven and and who gets in. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about that, if you don't mind. But before we do, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to join us and to be our teacher. Okay, so um, Father, thank you for your goodness and for your love. We thank you for your word. And we know that it's alive and active, that it's true. We know that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. We know it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we declare this morning that if we are here and we've been saved because of faith in Jesus Christ, by your grace, God, we know that we have been prepared prepared to do those good works. And so we need your word. And Holy Spirit, we also confess that we lack wisdom. Uh, The word of God says anyone who lacks wisdom can ask for it, and it will be given to him generously without finding fault. And so we come collectively, God, saying we lack wisdom and Holy Spirit. We pray that you would grant it to us. Come now and take your place in our church. You are the teacher of this church. Holy Spirit, lift up Jesus that we might see him clearly. And as we see him clearly, may we want him more than anything else in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, I'm in Matthew 22, and we're going to read 1 through 14. And on this occasion, Jesus is teaching three parables, and we're just going to look at the last one. Now, I want to tell you, honestly, I wanted to teach all three. I thought, man, how cool will it be in context to, to go through all three parables? And then I got to this parable, and it had five points. And I was like, they're not going to put up with that. Like, if this one had five and each other one had a couple, like, like y'all are just going to be like, hey, come on, pastor, let's get on with it. So, uh, so we're just going to look at this one parable and what it has to teach us uh, about the, the word of God or about the kingdom of God. And uh, so that's what we're going to do this morning. Franklin, can you throw me that? I, I, uh, that was Franklin. That was your first public appearance, bro. It's on, on the internet. Everybody saw it. Short-armed the pastor in the very first toss. Very first toss, short-armed. He, he was trying to bottle flip it up onto the, that's what it was, that's what it was. <clears throat> All right, so guys, Matthew 22, starting in verse 1, let's read the first 14 verses together. It says, uh, once more Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven uh, is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent the servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other servants, and he said, tell those who are invited, see, I've I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and and fattened cattle have been slaughtered, and everything is ready, come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention, and they went away, one to his own farm, and another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. 
The king was enraged and he sent out his troops and he killed those murderers and he burned down their city. Then he told his servants, the banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go then to where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out on the roads and they gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. When the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who wasn't dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him out into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. That's five things we've got to get to uh, fairly quickly uh, this morning. Here's the first thing I want you to know. It's guys, God has invited us into his glorious kingdom, right? Jesus said, this is a parable of the kingdom. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like, right? The kingdom of heaven is like what I'm about to say. Okay, it's like this, okay? The kingdom of heaven is like a king who is throwing a banquet for his son. It's a wedding banquet, and he, is, he, he invited everyone. He invited, that's what Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is, is like this. And, and so the parable goes, there's a king who gives a wedding banquet for his son, and he sends servants to tell all of the folks to come, right? And guys, this is a celebration of, of, of the son. This is a celebration um, of, of, the, of the son of, of the king. It's a big deal. Listen, I, I don't, I, we, in America, we don't know what it's like to have a king, okay? All right? We, 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 don't, we don't live that way, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, if you go back a, a, a few years, and, and there's a king, and you're a peasant... And the king is having a party, and you as a peasant gets to go, it's a big deal, amen? Anybody clear in their calendar, be like, yep, I'm going to the palace, okay? Uh, like, I, I mean it. Like, I, listen, I don't care who is in the White House. I don't care who's in the White House. I mean, you, you name anybody in the White House, they say, would you like to come to the White House? Yes, I'm going to the White House. I'm going to sit at the table. I'll, I'll eat a Big Mac. I'll eat chicken. I don't care. I'm in the White House. I'm going to take selfies. I'm going to, and I'm not just going to post the selfies once. I'm going to post them on a regular basis, right? On a re- just remind folks, look where I sat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, it, like, it's a big deal. This is a big event. And, and so wh- wh- wherever the place is, whoever you think, like, that's the most famous person, to sit at their table would be really awesome. Like, that's the deal. And so the king has invited the peasants to come to a celebration celebration, right? And, and it is into the palace. And the message is simple, right? So the servants, he, he sends his servant, he says, servants, go tell him. And so the servants hit the road and they're like, hey, we were having a feast. Man, we we're having a banquet. And guess what? You are invited. You're invited. You're invited. And, and, and Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of heaven's like. Ready? Here it is. And so the servants are God's prophets. And the prophets have come and they said, hey, listen, there's a day that's coming. Right? We're not there yet, but there's a day that's coming when, when a son will come who will crush the head of the enemy and he will set all things right. And the prophets came proclaiming, a day is coming and you need to believe in that day. You, you're invited to the banquet, you need to come. And, 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 and the text would tell, they, they rejected that. And so what did the king do? Well, God sent out more servants. And so he sends out more, more servants and, and to proclaim, the day of the Lord is coming. Believe and, and repent and, and live for the glory of God. Live for the day that's coming, the wedding banquet of the Lamb, like, of, of, of the Son. And, and, and yet they, they rejected that. They even killed the prophets, right? And so, so Jesus, this is the kingdom of heaven. And so I want to tell you guys that we, we don't have a faith that is a fairy tale. We, we have a faith that is a historical faith. 
in history, God really sent his servants into the world to proclaim there is a celebration that I want you to be a part of. And in history, people received that invitation by ignoring those servants and by killing those servants. Like that, that, that's the truth. And so if you're here today, like this, you say, where do I fit in the story? Well, here's where you fit. You fit into the story as, as somebody that God has invited into a story. And maybe uh, that, that, that seems weird to you. Maybe you don't feel worthy of that. Uh, scripture would say that, that if we're going to put ourselves in that parable, we are the peasants, right? We, we have no, no right to live in the palace. We have no access to, to the king. But, but yet this is the grace of God. God has invited us into his kingdom. And you need to hear that this morning. Maybe you've never heard that before in your life, that God loves you so much that he wants you to live with him. He wants you to dine with him. He wants you to eat with him. But that is the truth of the gospel. And so that's kind of where we begin. If we're going to talk about the kingdom, you need to know you've been invited to be a part of the kingdom. All right? Pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool. Good place to start. Okay. So we've all been invited to be part of the kingdom. But if we're going to work our way through this, the second thing we see, and this is kind of where the bad news begins set in, is some people don't want that. Right? According to Jesus, some people don't want uh, that invitation. They, they, they don't want God. And, and listen, I, I don't know about you. Again, this is crazy to me. It is crazy to me that, that, that regardless, again, um, listen, I, I'm telling you, man, President Obama, if he invited me to the White House, I'm there in a heartbeat. Yes, what is up? You know, I'm, I'm telling anywhere. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm there, man. I, I want to see. Like, it is crazy to me when you think about, when you think about God, our creator, Maker of the universe, the one that designed and formed and fashioned us. And he says, hey, I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me. And you, you think about that, and, and listen, there are people that don't want that. They, 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 don't, they don't want to be a, a part of that. In fact, look at this, verse 3, this is what he said. He says, he sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet. But what? They didn't want to come. And so I just want to tell you the truth, guys. There are some people that don't want to come. There's some people that don't want to come and say, what does that have to do with me? Because I want to come because I'm here. I'm going to tell you, here's what it has to do with you. Ready? Because uh, the Bible says clearly that part of our job is to go and be witnesses, right? We have to be witnesses. We talked about this last week. Uh, every single Christian is called to be a witness. Not every single Christian is called to be a pastor, okay? You don't all have to be uh, the proclaim. You don't all have to preach the gospel to everybody, but we all have to be witnesses. We have to say, this is what we know. And so um, I did student ministry for a long time. So my youth uh, that are here on their cell phones, um, I just say, hey, look up here real quick. And uh, like, like, listen, I, I love you. Um, I know you're on your cell phone. But, but like, right, I would just say that. And I would say, listen, so what I would say to my students is you have the power to change the world. You do. And you can reach people that I can't reach. And, and the reason that you can reach people that I can't reach is because you have a relationship with them. And the gospel works best in relationships. So I've been empower my students and say, listen, so get, get this. You're going to change eternity. You are. And they're going to be like, what am I going to change? Like, you're going to change eternity because you're going to deliver the good news. And so listen, you don't have to be a preacher. You, you don't have to be a Paul, but everybody has to be an Andrew. And so we had this philosophy in ministry. Everybody's an Andrew. And so if you look up Andrew, Andrew is always just inviting people to Jesus. He, he, finds, he finds his brother, hey, you got to come and, and, and see Jesus. He, he finds this boy with five loaves and two fishes. He's like, hey, I don't know what Jesus can do with five loaves and two fishes, but here you go, Jesus. Jesus feeds uh, 10, 20,000 people with a sack lunch. That, and Andrew's like, I don't know what to do. And, and our, our job, friends, listen to me clearly, is, is just to be like that. God, I don't know what you can do with fill in the blank, but God, here you are. 
right? And so, so I, I, I said, we, we need a culture of invitation. And, and friends, listen, I, I have that same philosophy today with adults. You should constantly be inviting people to church inviting them into the presence of God. We work very hard to try to create an atmosphere where we believe that when people walk in, that they can feel the presence of God, that God is the one that is glorified, that's not about us. And so, so here's the deal. But, but as you do that, if you say, I'm going to be an inviter, um, what you're going to run into is there are going to be some people that just don't want it, right? Because you, you're meant to go out and say, hey, hey, come. There is a feast. There is a banquet, man. There is fullness. There is goodness. And you're going to go, and somebody's going to look at you, and I go, I don't care. I don't care. And what do you do as a Christian, as an inviter, as an Andrew, when you run across somebody that just doesn't care? Ready? Here's what you do. You invite them anyway. You invite them anyway. That's where you start. Okay? So you start by inviting them anyway. You have to do that absolutely. Okay? But listen, even though you share with that person, you can't just stay stuck on that person. Okay? Okay? So I, I, don't, I don't know if you do this, but if you don't, you need to write this down. I, I think every believer should be praying for people in their lives that may not know the Lord. Okay? And we pray because salvation isn't something that we can produce. It's something that only God can produce. God has to change the hearts of men. But, but God wants to use us in that as an instrument somewhere. And how that works out is hard for us to, to understand. But, but our, our role in that is to share. And so, so I always challenge my students, I would challenge adults the same way. You should, have, you should have somewhere in your Bible, in your mind, a list of people that you pray for, right? And, and, and that list, hear me, should always grow, okay? This is where my students used to get messed up. So they made a list, and they had, here's the three friends that I care about the most, and I really want them to know Jesus. And so I would meet with my leadership team and go, awesome, how are you doing? How was your quiet time? Would you pray about this? Okay, who'd you invite to church? That's a question I ask every week of my leadership. Who did you invite to church? And without fail, like I had some kids, man, I invited this guy and that guy, and -and so-and-so's coming. It was awesome. And then I had a handful of kids where I invited the same person I invited last week. I invited the same person I invited last week. I invited the same person I invited. It was like in, in their school, which was made up of thousands of kids, they thought there were only three kids that were lost. I'm serious. I'm, I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to burst your bubble. Listen, it is a big world. And, and there are tons of people that do not know Jesus. And, and if the Bible is true, and we believe that it is, the end for those people is not pretty. And, and so our job, we have a role to play, and our role is to just go and share the good news. Just to be an Andrew, at the very least, and invite people. And so what I would tell them is, listen, you have to share with that person that God's put on your heart, but you can't get stuck on that person. So I I say this to you lovingly. Some of you have been stuck on one person in your life wanting that person to come to Christ. And and, and listen, keep praying for them and keep sharing. But you have to share with other people too. Who are you inviting into the presence of God, right? And so listen, we, we, we have to say this. The truth of the gospel, and it's hard to hear, is no matter what, there are gonna be some people that just don't want the kingdom. That That blows my mind. I cannot comprehend it, but that is the truth of God's word, okay? Uh, Third thing I want you to see. Not only are there some people that don't want the kingdom, um, there's some people that will not tell you they don't want the kingdom. Instead, they'll just make excuses, okay? I I actually, I'm going to be honest, I actually prefer the first person, 
<laughs> I prefer the person that says, nope, I don't want that. Uh, the person that says, no, like the other person, like they're too afraid to tell you they don't want that. And so they act like they want it, but they keep making excuses for why it never happens. And say, please join me. Please come. Please join. Oh, hey, well, my dog died. Well, my grandmother died. My other grandmother died. My other grandmother died. My other grandmother died. My other grandmother. How many grandmothers do you have? You've had six grandmothers die. I don't know. My dad keeps getting married, you know. Um, I, just what is the deal? Uh, some people are going to make excuses for not accepting God's invitation. And so, um, listen, I, I'm astounded at the grace of God. Like, I want you to notice the grace of God. So, so God sends out servants, and the servants say, hey, I'm preparing a feast. It's going to be a great festival. I want you to be there. And, and, and some people say, nope, I'm not coming. And so God, in his grace... He sends out more servants, and they go to the same people, and, and, other, and they're like, hey, listen, it, it's ready. You need to come. You need to come eat. You need to come to heaven. Like, they, they show up, and they say that. Like, it's astounding. Like, I'm astounded at the grace of God. He sends other messengers, come to the feast. Everything's ready. Abundance awaits. And instead, listen to what they say. This is, this is crazy. But they paid no attention. They went away, one to his own farm, another to his business, the rest seized the servants, mistreated them, and, and killed them, right? And, and so it says, instead, uh, one of them says, hey, I've, I've got to get back to my farm. So he, he chooses the farm over the feast. Another one says, I've, I've got to get back to, to work. He chooses work over worship. One eventually is going to say, like, hey, we go to Luke, like, hey, I, I, I just got married. So he's going to choose spouse over savior. And, and we kind of walk through the excuses, and, and they're heartbreaking, they're, they're, they're gut-wrenching. Jesus shows up and he says, man, I, I just want you to know that's what the kingdom's like. You who are called to be servants of God, you're going you're gonna to go out into the world as you try to share the gospel with people and you're going to encounter these things. Don't be surprised. Some people I know in their Christian life, they are so despondent in their faith because they have tried to share Christ. They've tried to invite people to the kingdom and it didn't work. And so they felt like they're not real Christians. Or they felt like God's word wasn't enough. Or, anybody ever been there? You've been a little depressed in your Christian walk because nobody seemed to respond? I got one person. Only one person in the whole church has ever been. Okay, I got a few other people. Thank you, God. Lord, just honesty is all we ask for in your house. Um, yeah, man, we've been there. If we're, if we're, we're being honest. We've been there because we, we want people to have what we have. And so we feel like, listen, Jesus came saying, hey, here's what the kingdom's like. And there's going to be some people that just don't want it. There's going to be some other people. They're going to drive you nuts because they act like they want it. But then they will make a million excuses for not having it. Okay? We'll get to how to deal with that in a second. Sometimes you just got to love them enough to say, listen, are you in or are you out? Would you stop making excuses? Like either do or don't. Anyway, fourth thing I want you to know very quickly. I, I, I wish it stopped, to be honest with just not wanting it or with excuses. But here's, here's the truth of what Jesus shares with us. Some people, some people when invited are going to be so enraged that they seek to silence any message of the kingdom. Some people will be so, in, and, and, and listen, we live in a culture of outrage right now. So you need to understand this. But some people are going to be so incensed and outraged at an invitation to the kingdom that they're going to do anything they can to, to silence it. So you may remember a few weeks ago I shared with you a, a quote as I began this, this study uh, for this series. And the quote was this. Basically, guys, when we pray, uh, God, your kingdom come, what we really mean by that is my kingdom go. 
right? God, I need your kingdom to come because I need my kingdom to go. And so, so the, the message of the kingdom is, is basically just that, that, that you need your ways to go, that your ways are not good enough, that your ways fall short, that you need something higher and holier. That's kind of the message of the kingdom. And, and, and so there are people that are deeply offended by that idea that there is something more out there, something better than what they have. But look at this at, at verse 6. Uh, I've got it on the screen. It says, the rest of the people, they seized his servants, they mistreated them, and they killed them. Okay? That's the reality. People were so incensed hearing that what they were doing was wrong and that God had a different plan that they grabbed those people declaring the kingdom of God is is at hand, the kingdom of God is near, you need to repent, you need to change. There were some people so offended at the thought of change that instead they killed the people telling them they needed to change. That's the truth of the Christian faith, right? That that, that is the truth. There are going to be some people that are so incensed. And so, uh, guys, even Jesus, when we talk about servants, uh, what did Jesus come to do? He said, I I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my... So so Jesus is the chief uh, prophet, priest, and king. And, and, And scripture says he came to be a servant. And what did they do to him? The servant that came proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Behold, the kingdom is at hand. What is his first message? Repent and believe. And, and, and what did they do? So Jesus shows up and he's like, hey, kingdom of God is here. You have access to the king. You can be a son of God. You can do it right now. All you have to do is repent and believe. And what did they do to Jesus? You can say it. They killed him. They killed him. To some, the news that they have to change is so offensive that they will do anything in their power to silence that message. And you're going to run into that in life, by the way. Those people still exist. I I, I pray to God they don't crucify you. Um, What they'll do instead is they'll defriend you on Facebook. They will block you on Twitter. Uh, I mean, mean, they'll end relationships with you. Um, They'll post about you. Uh, or about everything you, I don't know how somebody that, blah, 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 blah. I mean, like, like, it'll happen, right? It'll happen in our culture. It'll happen. You just need, Jesus said, this is the kingdom. This is what it's like. These things are going to happen, okay? And uh, last thing I want to share with you, last point, and we'll wrap it up, is, is this, this truth. And it's, it's kind of a big deal. And uh, this is part of our message that we go out and share. And it says, guys, that there's no wedding crashers allowed in the kingdom of God. No wedding crashers are allowed in the kingdom of God. So this is the parable of the wedding feast, and uh, it's kind of a big deal. And so uh, culturally, we, we kind of get to the last part. We'll just read it again, verse 8 through 14. It says, Then he told his servants, The banquet is ready, uh, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go to where the roads exit the city. Invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out on the roads, and they gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. When the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, Friend... How did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, 
but few are chosen. Now listen, uh, culturally, if there was a shindig this big, and this is kind of cool, I, I want to be invited to one of these parties. If you were invited to a party this big, not only did you get an invitation, but the host would provide clothes for you to wear, amen? Yes. So again, if I'm going back to my White House analogy, I'm just saying, I think that's the biggest house I know around. So I get invited to the party, and they're like, and here is your tux. Again, you will see that picture often in your Instagram feed, okay? Like, look, there's Jason sitting at the table. There is his tuxedo. And then I would just randomly wear my tux around Elgin some days. I would. I'd just walk into H-E-B. Just so you know that I still had those clothes, all right? So the way that it would work is if banquet is that big, it's this big of a deal, they're like, hey, give us your measurements, we're going we're gonna to cut your dress, we're going to give you your tux, like you are ready to go, okay? And so, so that's how you would get in. Isn't that cool? Like, look, you're wearing the right clothes, you're in. And so, so listen, Jesus is like, hey, but, but, but listen, there are some people that are going to try to get into the kingdom without being dressed properly. Now listen, we said a couple weeks ago, uh, the thing that was necessary to enter the kingdom of God was righteousness. You guys remember that? It's righteousness. Righteousness was the thing that a lot, because God is holy, he's perfect, he's righteous, you have to be righteous to be in his presence. So that's a problem for us because none of us are righteous, right? <laughs> none of us are righteous, not even one. We have all gone our separate ways. That's a great problem for us. So what did God do? He sent his son Jesus, and Jesus came, and he lived the perfect life that we could, and he died on the cross for our sake. And so listen, God, um, when we believe in Jesus, he accredits the, the righteousness of Jesus to us. And the word we use is impute. He imputes the righteousness of Jesus to us. And what it, that is, that's like an accounting term. And so the Bible says that God keeps these heavenly records of everything that we do think and say. Amen? Who's excited about their heavenly search history? Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, you guys think clearing out your browser is difficult. You know what I'm saying? God in his record book, every, he said, like, we'll be at accountable for every word we've misspoke. These are some records, man. And so in these records, what God has done when we believed in Jesus, by the grace of God, he takes all of our debits, all of our negative, and he takes it all out of our account forever, and he puts it in the account of Jesus Christ. Okay? He, he, he does that. He imputes onto Jesus all of our sin. And then he takes from the credit category of Jesus all of his righteousness and he sticks it under our account. And so when we log on to look at our account, suddenly we're like, Woo! I'm rich in righteousness. Ha <laughs> ha! I can retire. Live on an island. Okay? Because what God has done for us. And so he imputes that righteousness to us. Now listen, another way you can say that Another way the Bible says that is to say that he has clothed us in the righteousness of Jesus. Listen to how Paul describes it. He says, for those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. Okay? That literally, when you came to faith in Jesus, you got new clothes to wear. And, and those new clothes, get this, are pretty important because those new clothes are wedding clothes. All right? And so to get into the wedding feast, you got to be dressed. you got to have those clothes given to you. And, and so it's really, really a big deal. But hear me, what this parable would tell us are there are some people who despite the invitation, who despite the clothes that are offered, are going to think, I'm going to the wedding anyway, and I'm buying my own suit. 
I'm going to the wedding anyway. I'm a good person. I'm going to the wedding anyway. Calling that thing sin is outdated. God is love. He's going to accept me just like I am, no matter what. And yet, what, what is the invitation? Repent and believe. And there are people in our world, I'm telling you, I meet them all the time. I say, man, listen, do you, if you died today, you think you'd go to heaven? And, and, and listen, you would be shocked how many people now, didn't used to be this way. It used to be people would struggle. I don't know. I don't know if I'm good enough. I meet tons of people now. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. Well, why? Because God's love. Just because God's love. That's it. I'm going to heaven. Right? Because God's love. And I say, okay, wait, 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 hold, hold, stop the press. God is love. And that's why he sent his son Jesus. And his son Jesus came, in, came, came saying, like, I want you in the kingdom. You're invited to the kingdom, but here's how you get into the kingdom. You have to repent and believe. You have to repent and believe. What do you do with that message? When you understand what, what is at stake, when you understand what's coming, you understand that the kingdom of God that is at hand, that we're invited into, and, and, and the struggle. And so I kind of want to walk through some things with you real quick, and we'll wrap up. Um, application, here's the first thing I think we need to do because of this message, is uh, I think first and foremost is, is if, if you haven't, I think you need to come to the banquet. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not a Christian, you're like, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard kind of that there's a God that, loves you in spite of who you are, and he, he wants you to enter into... I mean, dude, the banquet's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be off the chain. It is, all right? I mean, it, it's the, the celebration to end all celebrations. God wants you there at the greatest party there will ever be, like for eternity. He wants you there. But for you to get there, you, you have to accept the invitation. How do you accept the invitation? And, and again, the Bible is, is, is very, very clear uh, Well, we repent and believe. And so... Uh, for, for people, not, not yet, not yet. So, so for people that don't um, believe this, guys, I'm going to tell you, and I, I don't have it on the screen. Uh, some people don't believe that Jesus really wants to eat with them. And here's what Revelation 3.20 says, Jesus speaking. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone, if anyone who hears me will open the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Okay? So what I'm going to say to you this morning, maybe this blows your mind, is there is a God who made you and who knows you and he knows how messed up you are. And in spite of all that, he still wants to eat with you. He wants to eat with you. And so if, if you're here today and if you've never believed in him, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not to, today you can believe in him. And, and by the way, stop making excuses for it, okay? We're done with excuses. We'll talk about that in a second. Don't make excuses. God wants you. He wants to have a relationship with you. So first and foremost, I would say that. So again, why is, why is this important? I said when we started, why is this? Well, it's important because God wants to eat with you, okay? He, he does. Okay, second thing I would tell you this week is, is you need to repent and believe. You need to repent and believe. And, and why is this important? Because there is a dress code. That's why it's important, right? Because there's a dress code for the feast. There just is. And, and listen, I, I'm, I don't write the rules, okay? I'm just, I'm telling you the rules. There is a dress code, Okay? I'm, I'm so thankful to God that there's not much of a dress code around here. Because, guys, I hate wearing a suit. I love you guys. I hate... My first year with you, I wore a suit every Sunday. And it was like ants. All like, ha <laughs> Lindy Peterson used to, they, they, there was a, evidently, that was, there was a running joke on how long I could keep my coat on. Right? Could I keep the coat on at least 10 minutes and I'd get worked up and then the tie would loose and then the coat would come off and I would throw it. I hate wearing a suit. Like, I love that we're kind of casual around here. Right? I do, but hear me, when it comes to heaven... 
There's a dress code that has nothing to do with physical clothes. It's a dress code of the heart. It's a dress code that involves your attitude and humility. And God opposes the proud. But he will give grace continually to those that are humble. All right? And, and, and so the dress code is repentance and belief. Jesus' first message, okay, here it is. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. What? Repent and believe the good news. Okay? The kingdom is here. To enter the kingdom, you have to change. That's it. There's going to be a lot of people, unfortunately, they're going to try to stand before God and say, no, I'm not changing. And the Bible says those people are going to be bound and they're going to be thrown into the outer darkness where there is great weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ouch. Ouch. Okay? Don't let your pride get in the way between you and the party. You know what I'm saying? Don't let your pride get in the way of you and a relationship with God. Come on. How many of you can look in the mirror this morning and say, I'm killing it? Anybody? Anybody look in the mirror this morning and they just thought, gosh, God, I am, I am the greatest gift to you of anyone in the world. Anybody? Anybody just thought that this morning? They woke up and be like, man, I am awesome. Sometimes we act that way. Sometimes we act that way. Okay? So we've got to repent. We've got to believe. Last thing, guys, uh, we have to stop making excuses for not eating with Jesus. And uh, so for me, this is where uh, the message about one day kind of becomes two day, you know? And, and of course, hear me, this applies as far as salvation is concerned, right? That I have to stop making excuses in regards to salvation. But this is where the, the message for me stops just being about one day and starts being about two day uh, because Jesus wants to eat with me every day. Amen? Amen? Amen. So why do I make so many excuses about getting up early and opening that Bible? <laughs> what happened to all the amens? Where'd they go? <laughs> Just floated right on out of here, didn't they? Yo, amen, amen, amen. I don't get up early. Whoa, hold up, hold up. That, that's the line, pastor. You're not supposed to cross. If you don't cross that line, we're fine. You cross that line, there's my toes. Angry. There's a banquet. There's a banquet. I'm going to tell you my goal when I get to that banquet. I want to know what the food tastes like. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because I'm a kid, dude. I'm a child. Uh, you know, there's a lot of acquired tastes in the world. <laughs> I don't want to be that dude up in heaven going, nah, pass, pass, nah. Just taking green beans. That's all I want. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever that spiritual thing is, like, I want it all. I want it. I want it. Yes, Lord. Bring me that whatever spiritual escargot is. I will try. I'm not eating it here. But whatever the spiritual version of that is, I'm in for. I'm down with. But that's only going to happen if I am used to eating with Jesus. And, and hear me. God, God wants to spend time with you. He wants to spend time with me. And, and what hit me in the face this week was like, Jason, stop making excuses, bro. I don't know what your schedule looks like. For me to have the time I need to spend, I probably have to stop, start getting up about 5.30. That, that, that's mine. That, that's where I am. That's the time I'm going to have to get up 
on a regular basis, and I was like, ugh, come on. Share at 5.50, 5.55. I got to start waking kids up like 6.15. Lord's like, <clears throat> come on. What about you? It's time to stop making excuses, guys. I love you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you uh, for your goodness and your love. You've been so good to us. Uh, Lord, this morning as we talk about the kingdom, I pray we're challenged on many levels. I pray for some here that they would realize that they are meant to be messengers of the kingdom. We all are. And, and, and they need to be out actively inviting people to, to enter into the kingdom, to come be a part of the kingdom. And so, God, I pray that you just put that on their hearts. Lord, for some here, they've been making excuses about the kingdom for a long, long time. They've been making excuses even about eating with you for a long, long time. God, I just pray you'd lay those excuses bare. Um, God, if we would just write down all the excuses we've made for not having the relationship with you that we would like, uh, I think it, it's laughable if we're honest. When we're honest, we're like, oh, come on, this is, this is, this is poor. So, Father, help us do that. Help us just take account. What, what excuses have we made, right, that have come in the way? And, and Lord, I just, I just pray you'd help us there. Um, God, we need you. Lord, we need you. And Father, we pray today that your will would be done, right? And that your kingdom would come. God, let your kingdom come in our lives, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our relationship with our, our, our neighbors and our friends. Jesus, we ask all that in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen.